I'm Elisa. And I'm Samantha. And this is Deer for Watch. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Watch for Deer, guys. Happy Tuesday. No, we're not doing that anymore. I can say Tuesday because I know this will drop on Tuesday. Okay. Okay. We weren't going to do that anymore because we weren't for sure. Sometimes we get excited about episodes and want to hear them sooner. Sooner. And we release them not on schedule, but this one will go out Tuesday. So. Well, what if somebody listens to it on a Wednesday, though, and not on a Tuesday? That's their problem for not catching it when it comes out. (gasps) Don't be hateful. Don't be hateful. Don't be mean. Go hit subscribe and listen. You'll get your <laughs> notifications and you'll hear it on Tuesday. On Tuesday. Uh, so trying to think of stuff to talk about at the beginning of the podcast, you know, a little banter or whatever. And I was, yeah. I was thinking about something that happened. I thought it was funny. May not be, but we'll just go with it. Go with it. Scott, Scott was working downstairs one time and he was putting up, um, what's that stuff? Running boards? Running board? No. Mm. What's it called? Because it, between the floor and the seal, or the floor and the wall, what's it called? It's, um. Crown molding? No, it, the. Baseboards? Baseboards. He's been at baseboards. <laughs> and so he's down there putting up baseboards, and I had slept in. This was a long time ago. It was super quiet in the house. And I just walked down there, and his back is turned to me, and he's bent over. <laughs> no. <laughs> he's bent over, and he's putting up baseboards. And I just said, stop, please. I didn't mean anything by it. <laughs> Anyways, 12-year-old, <laughs> he was bent over, and he was putting up baseboard. And all I said was, I I didn't want to say it loud because I didn't want to scare him, you know. So (laughs) I said, good morning, Scotty. But I said it like that. And he jumped up and he was like, (laughs) 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 and I looked, I was like, what? He said, why did you do that? And I said, what, what did I do, Scott? And he goes, why did you come down here, sneak up on me and go, good morning, Scotty. (laughs) He said, I thought the devil was behind me. And I was like, eh, she is. She is. (laughs) She is. She is. You ruined my story with your filth mind. (laughs) With your filthy mind. Can I get a, oh yeah. No, you cannot. (laughs) Nasty. Oh, I'm sorry. That's where my mind went. (laughs) Right there. Oh, I bet you say that's what she says all the time, too. I do all the time. I do do that all the time. <laughs> well, you work with middle schoolers, too. So, I mean, I would fit right in. Uh, yeah. I don't say that to them, though. I say that to my friends, like, when we're hanging out and they say yeah. something silly and we start laughing. Or it's like, <laughs> your mom. I think that's something that the good thing about when you grow up with people and you have friends and, and stuff and then you can joke around like that. They say something innocent and... You take it the wrong way and your mind goes in the gutter. And then you say something like, that's what she said. Or like you, all I said. And then you just start laughing. <laughs> like you are just uncontrollably laughing. Like I think that's that's when you know you have a good friendship that's with just somebody. years of friendship. Yeah. It is. It's just years of just knowing what I'm thinking and what you're <laughs> yeah. thinking. And yeah, that's just good times. It is. It's good it's to have good friends. It, yeah, it's good to have friends that you can do that with. Oh, yeah. And that's why you had to do this podcast with me. Because... We just play really well off each other. We do. I mean, we do. There's there's a lot of history there. There he is. Okay. So are you ready for today's story? Probably not. You probably aren't. No, I'm not. No. 
Uh-huh. You're probably not. Okay. But this is a story that really needs to be told. It is a story that I had never heard um, until I was scouring the internet, trying to find something new and something different, you know, because there's a lot of true crime podcasts. And, you know, I don't really want, I don't want to cover the same things over and over and over. Mm -hmm. So I try to pull out things that I hadn't heard of that may be less likely to be done by somebody else. Yeah. I tell you something that I want us to do, like that I, that I look at and they're just so in depth that it's hard to, you know, just cover it, I guess. And maybe one podcast and maybe it's something we work on and we release it like, you know, like a, yeah, a two-parter, but I really want to work on some conspiracy theories because there are some crazy conspiracy theories out there. Like I sent you over the weekend. So apparently, and correct me if I'm wrong in the state, but wasn't it, is it Jackson, Mississippi? Yes. They found 215 bodies behind the jail, like a, like a bur- uh, burial ground behind the jail. Yeah, they is buried. <laughs> but the thing about it is, these were not inmates. These are missing people. And it's an ongoing thing. Like, this just happened. And I also saw, saw on one part of it that they were like, well, these bodies were unidentified. We didn't know what to do because they're missing people. Like, people have reported them missing. Yeah. And this county has thrown 215 bodies so they start. They have started digging them up, but they're like, "Oh, we don't know who they are." But one of the guys, his wallet and his license were in the front of his pocket. Oh wow! So they were able to identify him. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I've got. I actually one of the books, the big stack of books that I ordered, has like conspiracy like theories and like mm-hmm. secret society stuff so we'll have to go over something because that is that's a good topic yeah i think it is and like the and i sent you this one too which i don't put much merit in this but still yeah, we talked very, about this it's very interesting and um so at the mall in miami yes over it's been two or three days ago there was apparently some teenagers who went into the mall with some, I've all, I've heard fireworks, and I have heard sticks. The police presence that they had at this mall for the fireworks and the sticks or whatever was, it Unreal. was outrageous. It was Unreal. like a hundred cars. Now that's all true. And helicopters. All that they had black helicopters, but the scanners in that area. You know how people listen to scanners. Yeah. They were shut off supposedly 60,000 people in that area lost power and the um, like the amount of police presence is insane and you can see it but people are saying that now I don't know about all this skeptic but I'll tell you something else too just go with us here we will get to the story but this is good this is good okay so people are saying that it was aliens And they have, like, some blurry video that doesn't look like anything. But the thing about it is they have all these police there, these police cars and stuff. Yep. And they only arrested four people. So, four people, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, apparently... Are you ready? I'm ready. If you put Mm -hmm. in the latitude and longitude... Is it longitude or longitude? No, it's longitude. Longitude. Um, I saw the spelling in my mind. That's how my mind works. I saw L-O-N-G and I was like, wait, okay. (laughs) So longitude, 
if you put the longitude in for Miami, that mall, if you put it in, it'll get you the mall. But if you put it in backwards, then it takes you to the center of Antarctica, where supposedly there is a portal there. And they are portaling these aliens in. These aliens are portaling their self in. And the conspiracy theory is, is that they have topped in the numbers wrong, backwards. And all of these aliens were dropping in the mall. Bullshit. So, so here's what I think happened. Mm-hmm. These kids were in the mall. Mm-hmm. They're being bratty kids. They're letting off fireworks, whatever, mm-hmm. in the mall. Mm-hmm. The justification for the massive police presence, mm-hmm. someone's called in an active shooter call. Okay. That is probably why the scanners and everything were dropped, because who's to say that an active shooter, mm-hmm. hypothetically, yeah. wouldn't would have like mall security scanners right that would that explain makes sense. that makes sense why everything was blacked out that makes a lot if of they sense. were going to send in swat mm-hmm. you know i i think i oh. think they were just being really <coughs> proactive mm-hmm. with everything going on yeah. in the u.s um so i don't think it was aliens i just think they were being very proactive um on their response but you don't think it was aliens being you know if they were if aliens were going to portal in and didn't want to get caught, it would be Antarctica because there's no really life there. Yeah. There's no life there. Good, I mean, it's cold. I don't know how they have to put on their little snow boots, but... It's not just cold. Yeah, it's... Like, it's, it's unlivable cold. Yeah, it's... Just, I mean, I wouldn't choose that. I would choose in. that. I mean, I, somewhere sunny and warm. And if you see an alien, too, like, you know, they're just, like, skin. Yeah, they it, freeze to death. They don't have jackets on. Debunked. 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 But anyways, like, so I I don't think there was aliens no. at the Miami Mall. However, it's very interesting to me some of the things that people think. And I do believe that there are some conspiracy theories. Oh, I theories. love reading about the conspiracy. And, and I Not looked that at the one, one that you sent me, that picture of that, you know, six-foot shadow alien or yeah, whatever the they called it's it. three people standing but beside each is. other walking. Exactly. Mm-hmm. If you look up Google Earth... You can see all kinds of distorted pictures of random crap. Yeah. That's nothing more than just, you know, the refraction of light. Yeah. You know, that's that's what that is. Like, and Scott had (laughs) mentioned to me, like, there's some stuff, like, going on with the ocean. And apparently, maybe NASA used to look into the ocean like they did space. And then all of a sudden, they just stopped. They just stopped. Cause a scurry. We done. We we've discussed this. The ocean is terrifying. Yeah, and there's and I mean there's just so much stuff. And like I would really like to get into that. Yeah, mm-hmm. we need to do one of those and follow up. We need to do it one on Natalie Holloway, the other cruiser that went missing. Oh yeah, that'd be a good mm-hmm. one. Anyway, yeah. But all right, let's get started. Okay. Let's. Now, my beautiful people. My beautiful, you, people, my, my beautiful people, my beautiful people. Sorry. I want you to hold on to your butts on this one, okay? Just hold on. Okay. Hold on for this story. Okay. Because it's a rough one. Okay. Okay? I love you. Why do you do, the, do this to me? It's like you... <laughs> it's like I build it up. I know. I wish they could see your face right now because the sheer tear across your face is I'm glad glorious. they can't see my face right now. I'm not washing my hair in like three days. <laughs> 
I took a shower today. I didn't say I didn't shower. I'm talking about my hair. No, my hair was greasy. Anywho. All right. So this is the tragic case of Sylvia Likens. Elisa. (laughs) Elisa, really? It just happened to be your last name. And it's spelled really? different. It's spelled L-I-K-E-N-S, not L-Y. If you don't know, that's my that's my <laughs> last name. That's my maiden. That's my maiden name. Yes, yes, it is. Better go <laughs> ahead. But it's spelled different. It is okay. L-I-K-E-N-S. So it's and not- this actually happened across the ocean. Ooh. So nowhere near here. Where at? Germany. Uh, I lied. It did happen here. Well, snot face. <laughs> She's like, I'm wrong. It happened right in Huntington. It happened right here. Right here in Genoa, West Virginia, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> right up the road to Sweetwater. <laughs> okay, so Sylvia Marie Lockins was born January 3rd, 1949 to Lester Lockins and Elizabeth Francis. Sylvia was the third of five children being born between two sets of fraternal twins. Now, her brother Daniel and sister Diana were older than her, and her brother Benny and Jenny were her younger siblings. I love those names, Benny and Jenny. And it is good names. How cute are those for twins? So cute. Diana was already married. Um, Times weren't easy for the Lockins family, as their mother and father sold candy, beer, and soda at carnival stands around Indiana through the summer, and they moved a lot. They experienced many financial difficulties, and while the boys would frequently travel with them, the parents thought it was best to leave the girls behind, mainly for their safety, as carnivals could be a very scary and very dangerous place for young ladies. They would usually stay with their grandmother or other relatives. Now, in her teenage years, Sylvia would sometimes earn spending money by babysitting, running errands, or do chores for friends and neighbors. Now, usually, most of the time, she would give this money back to her mo- to her mom. She was a very friendly, confident, and lively young girl with long, wavy, light brown hair and freckles peppered her small face. Now, her friends called her Cookie. She loved music, especially the Beatles, and was overprotective of her younger, more timid sister, Jenny. This was likely as Jenny had suffered from polio, and one of her legs were shorter and weaker than the other, so she often wore a brace. Sylvia was such an attentive big sis to Jenny. The girls would often go to the local skating rink, and Sylvia would hold Jenny by the arms and help her skate using her unaffected leg. July 3, 1965, their mother Elizabeth would be arrested for shoplifting. This placed Lester in a hard spot, seeing he would have to leave again for his carnival work. He decides to board Jenny and Sylvia with the mother of two girls, Gertrude, that they had recently become friends with. Now, Jenny and Sylvia met Paula, who was 17, and Stephanie, 15, Banzuwaski, Banzuiski. At their high school. You didn't butcher that name. Not at all. Mm -mm. Gertrude promised Lester that she would care for his girls as they were her own until he came back for them. Gertrude was just as poor as the Lockins family was. She had seven of her own children and she lived with them in a rundown home on East New York Street. 
She made little cash doing ironing for neighbors, and she had been through multiple divorces. She had even been abused by some of her exes. This led to crippling depression and large doses of prescription drugs. In all honesty, she was in no condition to take on two more children, even if the promise of $20 a week was enticing. After the July 4th holiday, Lester drops the girls to live with Gertrude, and they agreed she would receive weekly payments for boarding and food of $20 a week for the girls. Now, this would equal out to being about $200 a week now. It would be a short stay as Lester planned to return beginning of November. Everything seemed to be working out wonderfully. Paula and Stephanie seemed to love having extra sisters with them as they would listen to music and play games. Sylvia would also pitch in and help Gertrude and the girls with household chores. The girls were hardly ever disciplined and demonstrated exceptional behavior. It was truly the perfect arrangement. On Sundays, they would all load up and head out to church. Even the preacher commented on Sylvia's piety. One day, the $20 payment from Lester never arrived. Mm. I took care of you bitches for two weeks for nothing. (gasps) Gertrude dragged Sylvia by the arm and locked her in a bedroom. Jenny sat outside and listened to her as her big sister cried. The payment arrived the next day, but the beast within Gertrude had already been awakened. The girls were beaten 15 times with a wooden paddle, mainly because Gertrude's oldest daughter, Paula, had accused the two girls of overeating. Some say that Paula was jealous of Sylvia as she was overweight and possibly even already pregnant. Sylvia would consistently be starved, only to be force-fed to the point where she would vomit back up her food. Paula had once struck little Sylvia across the face so hard that it broke her wrist. No bother. She just waited until her cast dried and proceeded to use it to hit her with it. Most of the abuse was focused on Sylvia rather than Jenny. Many say it was because her youth and her appearance. She was a beautiful young girl. Where's Benny at? Where's the twin brother at? They're old. They're well. <laughs> remember the guys? They they took the boys, and the boys worked the carnival with okay their dad because it wasn't really safe for you. And mom's girls. in jail. And mom's in jail. And apparently, by the looks of it, it they'd have probably been safer at the carnival. Apparently so. Apparently so. Many um, Gertrude would also force Sylvia to eat garbage and spoiled leftovers. They even accused her of stealing candy that she had actually purchased. One incident, Gertrude accused Sylvia of stealing from her and burned her fingertips. She even allowed her own children, well, encouraged them really, to partake in the abuse of Sylvia. Her children and their friends would practice karate on Sylvia, throw her downstairs, and slam her into the walls. They would repeatedly use her body as an ashtray, cut her open, and rub salt in her wounds. Afterward, they would then proceed to cleanse her by throwing her in a scalding hot bath. Neighborhood children were also occasionally charged five cents apiece to see the display of Lycan's body and to humiliate, beat, scald, burn, and ultimately 
mutilate her. How did this happen? How how did this happen? <clears throat> now, I'm going to throw in a little trigger warning. Just because it gets <sighs> a little more rough than what we've talked about. I, I, mm-hmm. So, now... Gertrude would lecture Sylvia on sermons of sexual immortality and allow Paula, her oldest daughter, to stomp on her genitals, even though it was her own daughter who was actually pregnant. She would allow her 12-year-old son to force Sylvia to lick the baby, di- the baby sibling's diaper clean. Other times, she was forced to strip naked, and they would make her sexually abuse herself. She was also beaten and broken that she was unable to use the bathroom voluntarily. She eventually began bedwetting, which is a super common sign in abused victims. And she was then forced to live the rest of her life down in the damp, dark basement. Gertrude said that she was unworthy of living with her children. As if this wasn't enough, Gertrude would then recruit the neighborhood kids to help with the degradation and the abuse of Sylvia. I just don't understand how this happened. That's all. Mm-hmm. How did this happen? Everybody knows about it. Where in the hell is this place at? Every It's in Indiana. Where at in Indiana? Indiana, what are you? What? Indiana. It gets worse. I don't need it to get worse. But it's going to. I'm going to have to walk out of the room. During the trial, one girl by the name of Anna. So there was a trial? Somebody was arrested? Just hold on to your horses. Just breathe. (sighs) Smell of roses. There's no roses. Blow up. This is awful. It is. It is bad. It's really bad. I like my conspiracy theory idea. We'll do one next. We got to get through the story of little Sylvia first. Oh, Lord. During the trial, one girl by the name of Anna said that Gertrude had told her that Sylvia had said that her mother would go out with men and sleep with them for $5. Anna said Gertrude told her she didn't care what they'd done to Sylvia. Just whatever they wanted to do, just go do. Anna can recall throwing her down and kicking her and beating her. Gertrude told her own kids that Sylvia was a prostitute and had a neighbor boy, Ricky Hobbs, and her own 11-year-old daughter hold Sylvia down and carve I'm a prostitute and proud of it with a hot needle into her stomach. Hobbs also took a bolt and tried to burn an S into her left breast, but it ended up looking more like a three, they said during the autopsy. Now, a man within the neighborhood reported the abuse to the school and the authorities went to check out the claim. Gertrude told them that Sylvia was absolutely out of control and had run away. All while, she was still locked right beneath her feet within Gertrude's basement. Now, Sylvia confessed to her sister Jenny three days before she died. I'm going to die. I can tell, she said. Sylvia knew she was dying. A mixture of internal bleeding, dehydration, starvation, and shock had made her so weak. She had lost the ability to speak correctly and was delirious and fully incontinent. In a bid to clean her, the 12-year-old son hosed her down laughing the entire time. She had tried to escape from the basement, 
but Gertrude caught her before she got anywhere. It stamped on her head. How does this? How does this happen? And the people in the community no. were doing it also, and this happened. The children, not not the adults, but the children I of the community. I don't know of a single child that would do this. I don't know of any children that would do this. I, I don't. A toddler. I don't know of a toddler that would do this. It's insane. It's insane. It makes you wonder what kind of people were raising these kids to make these kids think that it was okay to do this to another human. What kind of people were they? Who lived in this neighborhood? Evil. The whole neighbor, the whole thing, evil. This goes back to episode, what was it, like two or three, the portal to hell? It was also in Indiana. Apparently so. Indiana, what, what's going on? What's going on out there? In the final hours, her engraver, Hobbs, maybe acting on a whim of guilt, gave Sylvia a bubble bath. He dressed her up in clean clothes and laid her down on the bed. She never woke up. She was dead October 26, 1965, at just 16 years old. Three months of torture this girl endured. Days earlier, knowing Sylvia was about to die, Gertrude had her write a letter claiming that she had ran away and that the boys from the neighborhood were the ones who tortured her. On a last-ditch effort to conceal her involvement, Gertrude covered the girl's body in rubbing alcohol. When police would arrive, Gertrude lied and said that Sylvia had finally came home in this state and... She had tried and tried to nurse her back to health. Jenny, who was 15 years old at the time, whispered to an officer, You get me out of here and I will tell you everything. Jenny would be instrumental in obtaining justice for her sister. I don't understand why Jenny wasn't instrumental whenever this was going on. Gertrude, her girls, Hobbs, and six other kids children from this neighborhood would be arrested for the torture and the murder of Sylvia Watkins. Well, well, I hope they were tried as adults. During the autopsy, doctors were able to see the extent of her injuries. I think you've told us enough. She had over 150 wounds, including the carvings that we had already mentioned, so I won't make you set through those again. I appreciate it. You're welcome. It's not the worst. She also had a hole in her right wrist all the way to the bone. Now, they think this was from a cigarette burn. Like, and I can only assume what would be repeatedly burning this spot over and over and over. Mm -hmm. Her vaginal cavity was so swollen from the sexual abuse. All of Lycan's fingernails were broken backwards, and most of the external layers of her skin upon her face, her breast, her neck, and right knee had either peeled or receded. In her death throes, Lycan's had evidently bitten through her lips, partially severing sections from her face. Cause of death, subdural hematoma to her right temple, shock, injuries, and malnourishment. Gertrude would be convicted of first-degree murder May 19, 1966, and sentenced to life imprisonment. 
she was spared the death penalty, even though her very own lawyer stated, quote, in my opinion, she ought to go to the electric chair. I don't know why she didn't. Why did she not? Paula Banzweski was sentenced to life in prison on the 25th of May, 1966. Richard Hobbs, Coy, Corey, uh, sorry, Coy Hubbard, which was another one, and John Jr., who was the son, the 12-year-old boy, were given 2 to 21 years in prison at the Indiana Reformatory due to their ages. Gertrude and Paula were retried in September 1971 due to not receiving a fair trial. <laughs> this time, Paula did plead guilty to voluntary manslaughter and was eventually released in December of 1972, despite numerous escape attempts. This chick tried to escape from prison numerous times, and instead of locking her up and throwing away the key, they're like, ah, we'll go ahead and let her go. She changed her name to Paula Pace and became a teacher's aide in Iowa. In 2012, she was go fired. Back. I was going to say, go back. What did you just say? I said. <laughs> what did you just say? She changed her name to Paula Pace uh -huh. and became a teacher's aide uh -huh. in Iowa. I thought that's what you said. In 2012, she was fired when the school found out her real identity. Well, good. Good. Way to go, Iowa. Yeah. That was, it was in Iowa that that happened. Yes. Apparently, Indiana would have just let her just let her teach. They'd have gave her, yeah, they'd have gave her a principal job. The daughter she gave birth to in 1966 was put up for adoption, <laughs> but Paula later went on to have two children with her husband. Gertrude received another first degree murder charge and would spend the next 14 years in Indiana Women's Prison, where she was described as a den mother. Mm -hmm. Despite angry protests collecting over 40,000 signatures to stop her parole, Gertrude was also released in December of 1985, changed her name to Nadine Van Fossen, and moved to Iowa as well. She died from lung cancer in 1990 at the age of 61. Now, 15-year-old Stephanie, who was the other daughter, she was the youngest daughter in this story. Now, you know, like I said, she had six kids, but these two daughters of Gertrude's were the two that we really only talked about. She was never charged with the murder of Sylvia. Instead, she turned the state's witness and was released. Eventually, she moved to Florida. She changed her name to Stephanie Sirkstad and had several children of her own. Gertrude's other children were all placed in foster care temporarily and then put in their father's custody. Jenny Likens went on to marry and had two children of her own. She spent years on medication due to anxiety and from watching her sister's torture and her eventual murder. No, she's probably had PTSD. I'm sure she had PTSD. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure she had it. She does not blame her parents for what happened during their childhood. Now, I will say... When I was reading and, and doing a lot of research, it did say that the mother and the father would come back for visits because they would do the carnival work throughout the summer and the fall. Mm -hmm. So when they had a small break or they were close, they would come and see the kids, meet the kids in the park. Mm -hmm. And even their sister, their older sister, Diana, would come and they'd come for visits. 
but they were so scared of Gertrude and Paula that they never mentioned anything. Can Could they not tell by looking at her? I don't know. Um, if they're starving her, I mean, you would think they would see that she was losing weight and that she was being abused. But they just, I don't know, never paid any attention, I guess. You know, um, a lot of people think if you just look away, the problem disappears. That's not the case. A six-foot-tall memorial stands in Willard Park, Indianapolis, in memory of Sylvia Likens. The Indianapolis Police Department now commit to helping children and keeping the city safe for them. The plaque on the memorial reads, I see a lot, hope. I feel a breeze, strength. I hear a song, relief. Let them through, for they are the welcome ones. That don't even make sense to me. That was a rough one. That was rough, but that poem or whatever that was makes no sense to me. I tell you what, though. Let's go back for a second because I do have a question. How old was Sylvia's sister that was there? The young one? She was with her there at Gertrude's She house. was 15. Was it Gertrude? Is it, am I saying? Yes. Okay, she was 15 she years old. She was 15. Old. So she was a sophomore if she went to school. A sophomore in high school, yep. right? And she didn't say anything. Something, something. So. Something's not right. When I was reading and researching, they also mentioned that she did, the, both the girls went, went to school. Mm-hmm. Eventually. Mm-hmm. They, one of the teachers, I think, noticed something, and they called, like, a welfare check. Mm-hmm. There were hearsay that there that she was abusing these girls. Mm-hmm. And, again, they went out, and they checked it out, and she's locked in the basement. So, Gertrude's like, she ran away. I, she's out of control. I can't do anything with her. And I don't know if where Jenny was cripple, um and timid if she was just so scared like because the brunt of the abuse was on sylvia mm-hmm. and not her yeah and i think maybe she was too scared that if she thought she spoke up mm-hmm. that then that would direct that abuse to her yeah it was your sister it was so, your sister you're you know, 15 years old it was your sister yeah so it's, it's and, a, and having would you say she was crippled had a bum leg a bum leg does not make you Mm-mm. make you a coward no that's your sister yeah so what are you doing I, I, this whole story again it's bonkers i told you it's 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 rough it's bonkers the whole time do some conspiracy theories the whole time i was reading i was like how how i and and still today kids like this slip through the cracks all the time all the time it's so freaking unfortunately you are correct it's so freaking unfortunate and it's so sad that it's still an issue today like i've heard doing what i do i i hear you know i i hear stuff and we know we know things i've never heard of a story like this you know i've heard of some stuff that would just make you cry like you just sit down and cry some some horrible things but nothing, nothing like this. And this poor child was an excellent child. She made good grades. She was beautiful. She was helpful. She even helped out with the chores. Mm-hmm. You know, she. it wasn't like she come in her home and was being a lazy bum. She was being productive. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's just, it's so sad. So sad. It's terrible. It's terrible. Well, that was the case of Sylvia Likens, L-I-K-E-N-S, if you want to Google it. There was a lot of stuff that I kind of left out that was pretty rough. Really? I did. 
more so focused on the sexual abuse. It went into more detail, yeah, and I'll I just kind of hit. That. You know I just, how I, you, I know, you know. I can't. I, know. I can't. So I just kind of hit the main point and left it there. But you can go. Um, you can read about that if you choose to. I used Wiki TrueCrimeEdition.com and all that's interesting.com. Whew. So let us know what you guys think about this crazy episode and email us some suggestions or comment on our Facebook page. Please email something <laughs> to her. Please. I mean, you can do it anonymously. Like, you don't even have to make up an email that doesn't make sense and send it to her. Send me some suggestions and I'll send them to her. I need help, people. I think at I this need, point, she would just really wish that you would come on this podcast and just present your own story. <laughs> I just don't know why. I mean, if you're listening to this and we see the views, we know we have an audience of people that are listening. So. Yeah. Why are you not helping me? Like, I'm asking you to help me. You want to know why? Email something. Because you say all the time that there's something wrong with me. There is something wrong with you. There's something wrong with everybody else, too, baby. No. (laughs) No, there's not. I need help. (laughs) She's like, help me. Like, tell me a... Tell her to suggest something. She'll do it. Everything that's been suggested so far, I believe that she's done it. Yeah. I've got a couple that I'm working on. Mm -hmm. Like, we've had requests for Lizzie Borden. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's on the thing. I know and a lot funny. of these bigger stories, these more popular stories, they take a lot more time to research because mm-hmm. you can't just hop on and do a quickie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I, so, you're ridiculous. Yeah, I said quickie. <laughs> she, she, said, she started laughing. She put her hand up to her mouth and started laughing. So, uh, you yeah, know, just, just help me. I Just help me. Help her by emailing us at watchfordearpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at Watch for Deer Podcast. Like, follow our Facebook page at Watch for Deer Podcast. And be sure to show the love by subscribing and following on Spotify or wherever you listen. And please, most of all, share, share, share us with your friends. Shout us out. Spread the word. Y'all be safe. And, and watch, watch for, for Deer. deer.